KOKC. Talk radio's new generation. It's time to rise above. I struggled with addiction for many years, and uh, the, the initial surrender, hey, I give up, that rock bottom, you know, everybody has different points in their life. Whatever gets you there, whatever gets you to the room, you burn your seat. You're listening to Rise Above Radio. My daughter is amazing when she's not on drugs or alcohol. I mean, you can't imagine how beautiful and talented and loving and giving. I wish everybody listening would understand it's not the person, it truly is the drugs and alcohol to takes away everything that's good and beautiful. There's addicts out there that need help, and I just feel bad for the people that don't have the support system that we have. Got to reach out. Just got to reach out and, and, and take a chance. I just want to speak to the fact that what you're doing here with this radio station, and I promise you, I promise, right now, there is somebody listening. Come to your efforts and what you're doing. You're saving their lives. I want them to know I thank them from the bottom of my heart for giving me my son his life back. Do not stop. There's more lives that needs to be saved. Be a part of Rise Above Radio at 405-478-1520 and 1-866-530-5662 This is Rise Above Radio on KOKC Ah yeah, welcome into the show the one that we love to do so much man. what a great day it is to be clean and sober my name is Mac Mullings full studio today we got, uh, I gotta give props out to, to Harry Harry and uh, Brad Brad Reed over there man you guys, I'm telling you the production element you guys bring to this show is just like, I'm just a knucklehead behind the microphone, dude. And the show's not about me at all. I'm just trying to spread, you know, we get, we all work together, spread hope and everything. But uh, we, I appreciate you guys, man. You do a killer job. We appreciate you, man. Yeah. Uh, of course, my wife is here. I appreciate you. I'd be remiss if I didn't say anything. Thank you, honey. Yeah, she made me move on the Facebook Live at KOKC Radio. I told her I was going to call her out because she's, she's pregnant. She's due October 12th. She looks beautiful as a pregnant, but she's like, I'm too close to the camera. <laughs> I don't like it. So I had to move and everything. So. Wait, Jamie, you're pregnant. <laughs> right? Yes. We, you know what's so cool, pregnant. dude? We actually went and we uh, we saw little baby Amelia's face today. We went to the viewing womb, which is mm-hmm. a great place. You should go check it out. They do the ultrasounds and all that. Um, and so we went and she cooperated. The last couple of times, she hasn't been very cooperative, dude. She's got like hand and face, foot and face and all that. So today we got we got a couple of pictures of her. And it was pretty choice, man. But uh, you know, you know what's pretty choice also is that we've got uh, Joey Perea in studio. And Joey, dude, is that button pushed on your mic right there, bro? Push that little knob there. Yep, yeah. Good. Okay. I'm good. He's good. Joey, dude, I have uh, we have never met before, and but I've I've seen you, bro. I've seen everything you're doing on, on Facebook. It's just the great, one of those great things about recovery, dude, is that we, um, you know, we started the show, and then you know I was like, oh, look at this cat, man. He's doing some stuff with some things, and then bam, and then now it's like, man, you're on fire for recovery. And I was like, I got to get him in here. I got to know his story. And so when I posted it yesterday about you coming in, and when I talked to a couple of people about. Joey Prey in studio, and they're like, dude, it's going to be another level, man. So apparently you're a contagious individual, man, in a good way, dude. Yeah, yeah. I am, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's great to be here, Mac. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. So um, you want me to start sharing? Yeah, man. What just, do you want me to do? No, you go right ahead. You jump right into it, dude. And uh, if anybody wants to contribute to the conversation, 405-478-1520, uh, 866-530-5662. As I mentioned, we're on the KOKC Radio Facebook page. You give the page a like as well, and you can leave your comments there and everything too. But who is Joey Perea? What's your story, bro? Well, my story is, believe it or not, I have eight older sisters and two younger brothers. Wow. Wow. And yeah. I said I was outnumbered by estrogen, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. That proves that we're Mexican, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
But I was raised, a, uh, you know, really a really rough life. Uh, my father committed suicide in front of me oh, man. when I was nine. Then my mom died of cancer when I was uh, 12. And then one of my sisters, she did her best to try and raise me. Mm-hmm. I moved to Washington State, and I got crazy and stole some things and robbed some stores and stole some cars and just did some crazy stuff. Yeah. I left Washington because the cops were after me. Mm-hmm. So I stole the car. We, we uh, Me and my friend ended up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we, I had $7 uh, to my name. He had 14 And we siphoned gas down the whole West Coast. Wow. Got to Phoenix, Arizona. Lived there for about mm-hmm. a year. Found out about um, a meat plant in Liberal, Kansas. They were going to pay $6 an hour starting out. Right. In those days, the minimum wage is two forty-two. Oh my god! So this is a gig. You had to have this gig. You're dating yeah. yourself I now. To, I am. I'm 54. <laughs> All right. So, Damn, you don't look good. Uh, thank yeah. you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. So anyway, so I get there, and uh, for about a year, and things kind of settle down with me. I'm no longer like selling drugs and stuff, but I end up getting married, and my wife she gets born again, um, like in 1986, so Juneish, and. Um, she gets on fire for Jesus, and at that point, I hated God. Mm-hmm. I hated religion. Uh, I was mad at God because I just really felt that it's his fault for my father's suicide, my yeah. mom's death, and all the mess I was in. So I was this ultimate victim. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one day, um, I go out and I get plastered. This is the last Saturday in July of 1986. And uh, she finds me that Sunday morning, and I'm, she, I'm, I, I'm like leaning over a truck, and I'm just like, Ralphing and yeah, whatever, and yeah. she comes to me. She asks me to go home, and I shove her, and she hits the dirt. And just then, a cop car goes by, and he sees what I did, and he comes to me and says, "You can go with me um, to jail or her home." So I, I went with her home. Right. <laughs> so I got there, and I passed on her lap, and she asks me. She goes, "Hey, will you come to church this, you know, with me this morning?" I said, "There ain't no freaking way I'm going to church. Yeah. I hate God." La da da. So anyway, you know, she just kept on pushing and pushing. So I jumped in the car. We went to church, and I didn't want to be there. And I'm thinking about my next case of beer, next line of cocaine. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting two thirds back, you know, and the preacher's preaching, and it's freaking boring. I right. mean, I mean, it's so boring. Dead people would call it boring. So yeah. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, God shows up. Right. And I'm not, I'm not religious. I promise mm-hmm. you, I'm not religious at all. So when I said he showed, when I said he showed up, I didn't see him physically. Didn't hear him audibly, but he began to speak to me yeah. and I just spoke back and I told him I hated him, told him I upset at him for all that's happened and so forth. And, but I said something that got me in some good trouble. I said to God, I've tried mm-hmm. to stop. I've tried to give up. And God spoke these words to me. He said, Joey, because he knows my name. He mm-hmm. said, Joey, stop trying and just surrender. Mm-hmm. And right there, cause I was raised in a, in a, like in a, um, I don't want to say it, I guess, but I was raised believing in God, but earning my way to God. Right, right, right. And right. so when he said surrender, I understood that Christianity was all about surrendering to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I surrendered, and right there, bro, uh, I got radically saved. I mean, from yeah. the inside out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. The right. only thing that happened, the, the only thing that didn't change in me, is I still had a desire for alcohol. Mm-hmm. I was an alcoholic by the time I was 14. So I still wanted some alcohol. So I created my own sober living house. What I did is I went to this dude. I didn't know him. He went to the same church, but I didn't know him. Yeah. I said, hey, bro, can me and my wife live with you for like uh, for like some time until the desire leaves? Yeah, until the desire finishes. Yeah, right. right. So, did you think it would just go, it was just going to go away? Uh, sooner or later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so he let me stay there. 
And um, so we stood there for three weeks, and after the third week, the desire was gone. Mm. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, I, it was just gone. Yeah. So for 24 years, I don't drink. Right. And for those 24 years, I get into ministry, and God uses me in tremendous ways to build um, youth ministry and later on to help churches grow because I'm a growth type specialist or whatever. Yeah. And then um, I'm in Tampa. At, at the, this, I'm fast-forwarding real fast, but I'm in Tampa, uh, my wife and I, my son and my daughter, and um, we're doing pretty good. But um, I end up going to do some church consulting. Um, with a, a large church and so forth. And the, this guy just offers me a glass of wine. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't touch it, don't drink mm-hmm. it, because I know what it can do to me. Yeah. I've never been to any AA or whatever, but I just understood I couldn't drink it again. Yeah. Even though the desire was gone, yeah. I understood I couldn't drink it again. So he kept being persistent. Right. And one time I just gave in. So February the 14th, Valentine's Day 2012, I drank a glass of wine. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I wasn't freaking, I wasn't like, I got to get more or whatever. I, so you stopped there. Yeah. Okay. So for 24 years, I didn't drink. Yeah. And then 2012, February the 14th, I drank a glass of wine. Wow. It didn't do anything to me. I didn't want more right away. Right. The chase wasn't amazing. on. So it wasn't yeah. on, man. Right. I wasn't white knuckling nothing. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> what began to happen is when problems arose, situations arose, I started to, oh, I'll just drink a glass of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I began to lean on it so much. That I don't, I mean, I don't believe that God takes anything from us. I believe we do it to ourselves. So my church started to shrink. We went through a really difficult time. Um, We had to give up the church. Went to Amarillo, Texas, and I I was a church growth specialist there. Things were going really good for about a year and a half, but for that year and a half, I was white knuckling it. Right. I stopped drinking, and I was doing my best not to drink, but one day I went back to it. Right, right. And then going back to it, then things begin to corrode again. Yeah. You know, again, I don't, I don't think God uh, chastises us. I think we chastise ourselves by our own decisions. So anyway, I'm going to fast forward. Uh, end up, um, my wife ends up leaving me. Um, difficult, difficult time. Mm-hmm. I quit. My... At this point, you're drinking. Yes. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Going back. By this point, I go back to drinking, um, and things begin just to mess up, mess up in my life. In a huge, huge way, my wife leaves me. I quit my job, and yeah. so I end up living in Kansas City for about a year. And man, I am so broke, busted, and disgusted. I live in my car for two weeks. I'm living in motel sixes, and things are just a huge, huge, huge mess. I mean, yeah. there's one day I had my um, suicide planned out. Right. I was gonna, you know, I was gonna do what my dad did. You know, my dad had committed suicide in our home. For all of us to see it, yeah, yeah. And but I was going to do that part. I was just going to commit suicide. I was going to jump off a, a bridge and just end my life. That's how, how depressed I was. That's yeah. what al- that's where alcohol took me. I just lost everything. Yeah, the will to live. But anyway, fought through that. And then my wife had said to me that what she wanted me to do is to go to either go to rehab or, or she would divorce me. And so I'm like, I don't, man, I don't know about this rehab stuff. Yeah, still reluctant. There. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, I didn't know what went on in rehab. Sure. Were you so, scared a little bit to think about it? Heck yeah, yeah right? man. Yeah. <laughs> so what ends up happening is I end up finding uh, Rob's ranch, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm half Mexican American, half French Canadian. I'm like, how are these people going to be treating me at Rob's <laughs> ranch? Those are big old tall yeah. cowboys, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. So I was afraid to go. But when I called, I, I called Rob's ranch. I talked with a guy named Sam Stutes. Yeah. And right away, man, I felt connection. 
I felt love. I felt acceptance. Yeah. And me being in ministry for so many years and God using me in tremendous ways, you know, I was I had to really humble myself. I'm sure. You know? Yeah, man. You know, so, so anyway, so I end up going to Rob's ranch. And the one thing that first thing I learned there was, um, you know, Joey, you know, it's good that you came here for your wife, but you have to come here for you first. Mm -hmm. And so by getting that understanding and then beginning to yield my addiction. And the, the other thing that I, I learned is addiction is about 95% of feelings and emotions. And, and the rest is the addiction part. Right. So those guys were telling me, you know, you have to write letters and you have to dump and you've got to cry and all that. And initially, I'm like, you people are crazy. Right. This had nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, none, yeah, none whatsoever. But right. about a month and a half into it, man, I was a crying fool. Right. I'd be walking down, you know, the Ranch Boulevard or whatever the name of that street yeah, is. Yeah, man. I bet, yeah, yeah man. Glory Boulevard or whatever. Yeah. And I was just crying, just constantly crying, constantly dumping. And one time... um, um, my counselor, he, he had challenged me to write a letter um, to my father wow, at yeah, the age yeah. that I was when he committed suicide. Mm. And I'm like, dude, man, I don't know if I can do something like this. Yeah. So I wrote it. And um, when I wrote it, um, he had me read it. After I wrote it, he had me read it to 12 men, yeah. the small group. And, bro, I'm telling you, I... I, I hit a level of emotion. I didn't know what that, that was in me. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how long, but for several hours, I just heaved. I weeped and weeped and weeped and let a lot of things out. Yeah. But then Tanner took it, uh, my counselor took it another further. He asked me to write a letter to my mom. And I'm not, you know, I've, I've understood, you know, about my father's suicide. He committed suicide because he was trying to kill he killed the alcoholic, not himself. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I understood that piece. But then with my mom, my mom was tougher on me than my dad because of the life that she lived with my father. Because yeah. he was so hard on her and he beat her and so forth. And just a really, 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 really rough life. Right, yeah. Anyway, so, um, um, so he had me write this letter to my mom. And my mom, um, she never hugged me. And... When I would go to her and tell her my dreams, because, you, know, you know, kids dream. One of my dreams is, I, you know, I want to be a doctor or a right. lawyer, Mexican cowboy or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. do something. I, wanted, I just had this passion. You had, this, you had, it was in you to, to, to be something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you had desire. Yeah, yeah yes. ambition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So I had this ambition, this desire, this passion. But, and she didn't know because she was hurt herself. Yeah. Codependent, sure. you know? And so... Um, so she would just tell me, you'll be a drunk like your dad. Oh. You'll just fail or whatever. And in fifth grade, in mm. fifth grade, I came to the conclusion I'm stupid. So in fifth grade, when I, I, was, I was swinging on the monkey bars in fifth grade. And I just felt like I'll just I'll quit. So I stopped learning in fifth grade. Yeah. When I graduated high school, I can barely, barely read and barely, barely write. Right. Yeah. When I was 29 years old, my wife actually asked me this question. She goes, Joey? Do you know all your ABCs? And you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Yeah. But that's how, that's how messed up my life was. And that's, right. that was my belief system. Right. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm ignorant. I'll never go anywhere alive. Did your mom, yeah, you think your mom maybe true. ever did that to, well, I was going to ask if it was maybe in a way to protect you from disappointment or something. I don't know. That's a good question. I've never yeah. been asked that question. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. I don't know. How, yeah. is, she, how is she now? Oh, she died. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right, when you were 12. When I was yeah. 12, yeah. yeah. So, so you can't go back and ask her, like, no. why did you? Yeah, because, you know, she obviously, 
parents want the best for their kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, it had to have been out of a some sort of way to, you would think, or she just was so broken. Yeah. You know, she so was broken. broken. So the, just yeah, right. Yeah. So the letter. Yeah. Getting back to the yeah. letter. So, so, so I started to write this letter there at Rob's ranch. And, um, as I began to write, tears began to flow. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize that, um, because I went back in time as I'm writing, that I never cried over her death. Right, you never grieved, huh? Never grieved, bro, yeah. never. And so for the first time in 40 years, I'm crying. Right. Man, talk about healing. Yeah. And then, of course, my counselor has me read that letter to the whole group the big group the big group all 40 clients and man that was incredible because so much healing took place inside of me yeah so much healing i mean i i I didn't like after i cried and after i bawled and after i read in front of all these men i didn't like get up and say like i'm instantly delivered praise god and let me just let me just leave you stay quiet afterwards you stay just rest man oh i just rested i just i didn't it was incredible incredible yeah Mm -hmm. So anyway, so going back to Rob's ranch, the the one thing, um, many miracles took place there. God did some significant things in me. But uh, on Sunday mornings, we had the choice to go to one or two churches. One was Landmark Church, Justin um, Blankenship, the pastor there, tremendous yeah. pastor. God, I love that guy. Well, I was going there about the fifth or sixth time on a Sunday. Um, he asked people to come forward for prayer, and he um, he he. Um, he prayed a prayer over me, and he just said that God is not through with me and that my dreams are not yet fulfilled. Right. And, bro, when he spoke that to me, I'm telling you, it's like in my spirit, life just, oh, I just came alive came, and, yeah. and a passion. Because, you know, being an alcoholic and messing up the way I've messed up, I thought my future was gone mm-hmm. rehab or no rehab I, i'm like i'll just have to find another career or whatever like you squandered it you had to, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah wasted it completely and so um when he spoke that to me i'm like wow that is incredible and i oh, i got god sells a future for me in ministry so walking out the door i i told justin who i was and what i've done and he had he, later on he had mentioned to me when we met that he had heard of what i've done and things of that nature as yeah. far as church growth so um he started meeting with me on a biweekly basis um, there at the ranch, and he offered me a job, you know? Mm-hmm. So wow. yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, January the 31st, uh, 2018, when I got out of Rob's ranch, I started working for Justin at Landmark right. Church in Purcell. And so I was there for six months, and God, it was incredible. The people there are awesome. Yeah. And they gave me a bunch of room because, you know, I'm kind of different as it relates to pushing people and helping people. And because one thing I love to do with people is to help them see what's in them mm-hmm. or help them what they don't see in themselves. I love to help people go further faster. Mm-hmm. I love to help people see their potential hidden resource, things that they're not using quite yet. I love to help people see their gift. Because in my, what I believe according to scripture, Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5, that God sent all of us here with a gift and an assignment. You discover your gift. You sharpen your gift. You mm-hmm. can fulfill your assignment. Yeah. So that's kind of my no, soapbox, my mantra. You know, when, when you're saying um, like about the, at the church and everything, man, I always like to say uh, 
don't let someone's uh, don't let people's perception of your past penetrate your potential. Is what mm. I always, and so they he said, I heard what you've done, man, but mm. I've heard the great things that yeah. you've done. And, yeah. You know, I'm not talking about Joey Perea that uh, that was broke, busted, and not to be tried. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that one, man. He still was like you. He's not done with you yet, man. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah the ranch. There's no wonder they, they say expect a miracle because amazing <laughs> things happen down at Rob's ranch, man. Yeah, he's got the bracelet. You know, the way I, I uh, we started the show in uh, almost, uh, well, yeah, it's been eight months ago, which is a, a trip, man. We had lunch earlier today with some wow. of my wife's coworkers. And I was like, yeah, eight months ago, man. But uh, I met Brian Anderson from Rob's ranch when I had called and... Um, and said, hey, I'd love to get somebody to come on. So Brian and I, man, were just like inseparable from the start, bro. Yeah. And uh, and so going down there, and, and they don't pay me to say this, man. I don't get any kind of anything out of it. There's many different ones. There's, oh, the, the recovery community in Oklahoma is on fire. It's a great thing mm-hmm. to be a part of. But but Rob's Ranch, does they do incredible, incredible things down there. Men's, it's a men's facility and yeah. everything. And, man... Uh, and, and being able to, to, I'm just blessed. Like when they, if you, Hey man, why don't you come down or whatever? <laughs> like I didn't even go through the ranch, but, but Brian, I went to the big group and Brian, uh, said, Hey, I got something for you. And so he gave me my coin for my one year yeah. and right there in the group, dude. And I was like, yeah. this is rad, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was there, bro. And that happened. Were you really? Yeah, I was there, oh, man. Yeah. Nice, it was man. so cool to see that happen. Yeah. Man. Do you, you know, um, a few more months, you'll have two years. Yeah, a few more months. I'll have uh, what, on <laughs> Wednesday. It'll be twenty months. Wow. This is a trip yeah. to me. It's crazy, man. That's awesome. Um, but uh, but then I say it. You know, not, has nothing to do with me, man. It's listen seriously. It's all. It's surrendering. Getting out Boom. of God's way, man. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Because I used to have like this. You know, I grew up like uh, great family, youngest of five, man, loving parents, and and we went to church you know, as a kid when I was growing up and stuff. And that one one experience I went when we went to a church. Uh, um, and I say when because we we stopped going there. But like I was told, you know, if you pray, if you don't close your eyes when you're praying, that God doesn't listen. He's not listening to a word that you're saying. Um, and then uh, like on Judgment Day, everything you've ever done will be on a big screen for everybody. It will be around you to see it. So like you know, your peers will watch what you've done and all the mistakes you made, and then that will be. You know, God will decide then if you're worthy of being, you know, uh, into the gates and stuff. So, like, I was like, I suck, you know, <laughs> but I ain't getting in. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. And we're all done. not getting in. Uh, but so I felt like I um, and growing up and stuff, I felt like I had this tightrope relationship with God. So I knew he loved me, but I didn't know. You know, you say, like, God loves you or whatever. It's like, yeah, that looks great on a coaster or a coffee <laughs> mug, but I didn't know what it meant. And so I would be like, things are going well. And so I guess he does love me, man. Things are going well in the radio career and all that stuff. But then I would, you know, uh, turn back to drinking or do, and then I'd fall off that tightrope and be like, man, he must really hate me. Mm-hmm. And it's not, we couldn't be any further from the truth with that, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll talk about, uh, about broken and everything. I mean, well, let me go back to it. So when you would been in ministry and then and then the relapse happened and stuff um i can only imagine that that was probably was that harder than the first time oh, getting bro man yeah. it was hard yeah it was really 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 hard but to kind of piggyback on what you're saying about god loving us uh, the one thing about my me my choices no one made me choose i chose to yeah. drink i chose to do what i did i chose to lose everything but the thing about all that is God never left me. Right, yeah. He, even yeah. in the stupidity, he never left me. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about how God will never leave us or forsake us. 
Yet we can choose to leave him or do our own thing, but he still follows after us. Right. Mm-hmm. The Bible says he's forever married to the backslider. In other words, he ain't going to give up on us no matter what. I like to say it like this. It's really, really, really hard to get to hell. Right. Because his love is, well, as a matter of fact, if you get to hell, you're like, I finally got here. I finally outdid God. Yeah. Meaning he loves us so much. Yeah. He operates out of what I call the love called let. In other words, he loves us enough to let us make the choice. Yeah. Even though the choices can be wrong, if you think about Adam and Eve, their choice, he still let them choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it brought tsunamis and rape and murder and disease and alcoholism and addictions and all that, he still loved them enough to let them choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He loved them enough to let them choose, even though it cost his son his life. Yeah, right. That's love. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that kind of kept me going through the hard times, even the thought of suicide and living in my car and motel sixes and yeah. all that I, other places i you know other places i i was at the deep oh god do you look back and think like gosh my thinking was just so different back then oh, it was because crap right i think we've talked about that about how your thinking is so like skewed whenever you're in the middle of addiction dude i had never breathing. never yeah. I, I always would be like uh I'm a great guy i don't i don't really care about people i've never done any crimes or anything like that right. i can specifically remember one time uh-huh. Uh, before getting sober that I had uh, yeah been drinking all day this particular day went over and tried to um, go to somebody's house but I'm like I'll come see you and hang out with you and everything and I beat them to their location and so uh, I knew they had booze inside so I'm like looking through my car going I know I got an Allen wrench in here to try to pick this lock I know I got something to you know and then I was like what the hell am I doing dude right well and I'm glad it's you just said you think it's so rational mm-hmm. you know right. and then yeah. I co-host an afternoon show in the in, in uh, with a good friend of mine, and we had we were talking about this sort of same thing. Is like I know doing stuff you never thought you would do, man. You look back and it's like, and that's for anybody in the middle of addiction right now. It's like you think you really know what's going on, but really, if you just take a step out, you know, try to get out and yeah, and it's like that when you're in the middle, you do you. We don't have any kind. Of, there's not any sort of. Uh, um, <laughs> I, well, the thought process, man, like like I was explaining oh, to somebody God. the other day, too. They were like, yeah, well, I told him he couldn't have any of this alcohol here in the house. Yeah. And he just like right in front of me was uh, chugging the vodka that we had. And he was t- he was taking yeah. the and he was going to storm out and everything. I'm like, dude, I totally get it. He's a maniac. No, I understand <laughs> because I've done like and you're in the way of you're if you're in the way of it, we will yeah. do whatever we can to get. That's how. Yeah. And, and and one of the top things that we hear, man, I don't I don't know if that's the right verbiage for it, but, but what we hear most is like, you know, Mac Mullings, Joey Perea, they're such beautiful individuals, except when they are under the influence mm-hmm. of drugs and alcohol. Yeah, that's it, right Because we there. don't, I mean, it's like... it changes you and your thinking. Which yeah. is the disease of addiction yeah. that just completely... Yeah. It's just amazing how different your thinking is, you know? It's a combo like, from... of the mental disease and then also the actual yeah. chemical effect on your brain. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, uh... That's why it's so perpetuating... Mm-hmm. Yeah, As you get further into it. Mm-hmm. I and I had gone through. Uh, I, I'd gone through something that that you know I'd always thought like, oh, PTSD, man, that happens to people who are on the front lines of battlefields and things like that. And if I say I have PTSD, that just means I'm you know a wuss and blah blah blah, whatever. <laughs> well, I had something happen in August of 2016 that I did have PTSD from it because um, be, I mean, I, like her, I, she, I would wake up and like kind of have nightmares, kind of reliving the whole event. And everything, and then every time I drank after that, I drank a lot more after that. But every time I would, I'd be like dark. And so prior to that, I'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna buy drinks for this. They're all buddies. Buy drinks for everybody, you know." But then, but then after that, it started to get into a really dark place, man. Right. And uh, and like you said, um, 
you know, I had entertained in my depression. I guess I, in all transparency, I probably battled depression for quite some time, but I never, you know, drinking is not, I don't know if you agree, but drinking wasn't my problem. It was my solution to everything that I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, to confront. Nothing, none of it. I concur, bro. Yeah. And so I, and so depression had always been there, but it wasn't until that when I finally, when things got real, man, uh, when the plan and the plot and all of that. And so finally, I mean, that was, we were going to try to, if it was up to my will, we were going to end it. But God said, Hey, guess what? Boom. Watch this, man. Yeah. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. And, and we always like the footprints, you know, you read where like they're yeah. walking on the sand. And, or it's funny, like people say, um, uh, you know, then I found God. And it's like, man, he was never gone. <laughs> he was never gone. You just had to finally look back at him yeah. and stuff. Man. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you're going to say something else? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a trip, man. I mean, um, uh, and well, in the, in the emotion. So, so dealing with, because life still goes on. Yeah. But with sobriety, it's a heck of a lot easier. Oh my it? God, it's mm -hmm. so much easier. It's incredible. I'm I, I got to be real. I mean, I have highs, I have lows, I have yeah. ups, I've got downs. I feel empty. I, it's it's a struggle still, mm -hmm. but there is nothing. Um, going back to the depression and the sadness and the alcohol, that is hell, man. Mm -hmm. it, it's so depressing. I'm, no matter what you do, you can't find that joy or that peace. Yeah, you feel good for a moment because you're drinking or whatever yeah. you're taking. But the moment you come off of that, it just it never, oh, never goes away, man. Yeah. Never goes away. Yeah. Never, never goes away. Right. So, but anyway, on the other side of it, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's incredible. I mean, the highs, as far as, and, and I've learned through Brian and other people there at, at Rob's Ranch that it takes some time to get there. But once you mm -hmm. get there and you get consistent, the high is just incredible. Yeah. And I'm moving in that direction. Uh, I've still got my struggles and my problems. Right. You know what I'm saying? But. There's nothing like sobriety. There's nothing like recovery. Yeah. Nothing like it. Yeah. Because for me, um, it's when I got born again, like way back in the day, I was, I've never been religious. Mm -hmm. And never you have to earn your way to this or earn your way to that. I've understood it's a surrender thing. I've understood that. But even more now that I surrendered twice, right. twice, twice yeah. surrendered, <laughs> I understand more. It's literally surrendered. Like every morning when mm -hmm. I wake up, I don't do it religiously. See, and right, yeah, I'm like trying you know, to earn God. God, I'm surrendering. Yeah. I get up. I do three things in the morning. Uh, of course, I pray. Mm -hmm. and it's not some religious silly prayer, but I pray to God. Mm -hmm. I journal. I got to journal things out. Get yeah. my emotions out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the third thing I do is I read the Word. But when I go to the prayer part of it, there's that surrender moment. God, I surrender alcohol. Yeah. I surrender my attitude. I surrender my ways. I surrender my character defects. And God, I take on your character strengths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I pray like the Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where I ask God to give me his fruit, the fruit of his spirit, right. his strength. His peace, his love, his joy, his temperance, his kindness, his forgiveness. So I go through that transition every day. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because I got to. Oh, man. I got to. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Flannery with Brothers of Recovery, man. He says every morning I wake up in the untreated disease of addiction. And I'm like, man, that, that is a true story because it's good. like. Yeah, and every morning, but I, when I say I'm like you, I don't, uh, I don't get, okay, well, let me get this script out here so I can read my <laughs> prayer, what it is. Man, I just say, uh, once you know, before my feet hit the ground, I'm like you are awesome, well, that I'm not it, hung man. over today, and, and I, and please remove, yeah, because I we still have the characteristics. Like the other day, I was having one of those funky days, man. <laughs> I, I saw those go, and, and I, I and my head was in Bro. my way and stuff, yeah. man. And, and so I just told, uh, I just told Jamie, I was like, I still have 
you know, that, that, uh, well, that irritable and, yeah. and things like that. But I don't, you know, if once I, once I would recognize those feelings, but boom, we'd be back into the bottle and I'd be like, I'm not going to deal with it right now. But I, so I was, you got to find the other ways to do it, but it's cool, man. When you can go, let me just take a couple minutes and just chill out and kind of recognize. Yeah, be observant of your own yeah. actions and say, okay, I might be. You know, yeah, irritable, like, but I'm not going to let it get the best of me. Right. Yeah. Like my one of my favorite things about, uh, you know, and I used to try to overthink it, figure things out. Like, okay, why is this <laughs> happening? Why do I feel this way? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, but now it's the right way uh-huh. to try to f- and say, okay, I recognize. Like, okay, for example, man, like uh, like tonight, my dad is being uh, inducted into the Capitol Hill High School Hall of Fame. Bro. Where he went to awesome, school, man. man. Yeah, he, he uh, graduated in '64 and everything. Dad was the founder of the Oklahoma Veterans Memorial, but it's by the Capitol. So we lost Dad back in December, two days before Christmas, and he passed away. He had a stroke, and oh, so it was unexpected. And so, um, so it's been tough. I mean, that was the day after I, you know, one year of sobriety, and we were talking about this last night, my wife and I were. That I'm like, you know, God ne- knew I needed that one year, man, and He also knew that I didn't need to be there when Dad passed away because mm-hmm. it was at my parents' house, and and so, and I, and I'm like, I battled with that, but I'm like, he, he. You know, God knows better more than I do, man. Right. So He knows that I didn't need to be there, yeah. because it may it may have derailed me. I don't know, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a bad way to say it, but I might have just yeah. like. And so well, yeah, because it's your help, you're helpless. You know what I mean? You yeah, man. Have it really... him. You couldn't have changed it, you know. And yeah. knowing that you were there but couldn't change it, might have. It might been, have. Yeah, yeah. It might have hit a, a soft spot. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, so this week I've been sort of like emotional and and so finally i was just like what but what is what god what is this and i and i and i nailed it I said i was i was anticipating a very emotional night mm-hmm. which tonight will no doubt be I, mm-hmm. I think i'm gonna say some words when, when we accept you know on his behalf whatever so uh so it was already starting to work on me man the beginning of the mm-hmm. week and so and then i and that's the part of just letting it go man i said okay. god i understand i see what's happening i think i'm on the i think i know what's going on but i'm gonna give this to you because i don't want to deal with Boom. it and and if I, if it's up to me, if I do it on my terms, then I'll be drinking again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, that's the whole understanding. All right, I don't want to feel this way. I get it. I see what's happening. I can identify what's going on in my yeah. brain, and then I'm gonna give it to you. Identif- observe and then identify. And yeah, then because surrender. I never because we don't in the past, right? We right. Don't. We yeah. try to hold on to it. We try yeah. to be macho with it. Yeah. But the cool thing about what you're doing, this is what I believe, because the word says that God knows our heart. Yeah. He cares about our head, but he knows our heart. Yeah. He knows the intent, what we think about, what we meditate on. So when we become real with what's going on inside of us, that's when he can help us. Yeah. It's when we try to hide what's in our heart. That's when he can't help us. Yeah. So all that you're going through is heartfelt, and you're releasing it, and you're talking to God about right. it, and your, your wife about it, and you're dealing with it. Yeah. If we, if we, and it's hard at times because we can be stubborn and oh, pointing yeah, yeah, at yeah. me, yeah. if we can just reveal our heart, to God, that's all He wants. You right. know? So it's that you know we don't have to with approved credit. There's no you know <laughs> qualify or whatever man. It's already said no pre qualified dude. And so, but that's the thing is like feeling worthy of it. And that's what I've noticed too. Like you're saying, you just say, man, uh, I don't exactly know how to give this all to you, but I'm gonna let you lead the way. That's what I say. That's surrender. It, I'm like. They're like, well, what's all happening in your life, man? I don't know. That God's doing some really rad things, and I'm just—I just keep saying, "Do it again, do it again." That's man. it, man. And if I get in the way, let me know, and I'll get—I'll mm-hmm. jump right out. Right. Yeah. Well, I—I yeah. I know that God can do a whole lot more with a surrendered, honest heart than He can a smart person. Yeah. Because we can try to outsmart God, outthink God, and think that we got this down. The one thing I know about after Rob's ranch and rehab, I don't got it down. I know how to surrender. Mm-hmm. 
and I know how to cry help, but mm-hmm. I don't got it down. Exactly. But yeah. that ain't being a wimp. That ain't being a punk. Uh, that's just being honest. Being real. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. want to be in a place where I can be honest, especially when it comes to the alcohol thing. Right. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Well, it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. With the honest and honest and complete transparency, you know, like we started the show, or just in general conversation, man, it's like, don't you? Is that weird? That you know, is that weird that your husband will talk about how he was, you know, drinking problem or whatever? Man, if I'm not honest and transparent, I don't, I don't justify the beauty that is recovery, mm-hmm. and I'm not. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not doing it right. I can talk the talk all day long, and but if I'm, I, that when you walk it, when you're real and honest with yourself, dude. And how, oh, <laughs> oh, how about this word? How about this word called accountability? There man? it is. Bro. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How about that? That's so difficult yeah. for us to grasp. But if you walk with a purpose and be accountable, yeah. man. Yeah. And when you do that, what what I believe when you you're accountable, when you say the when you say what needs to be said, you're transparent. Yeah. What you're doing is holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people are hearing what you're saying. So in doing that, you're like, hey, I got my stuff out there. Now I have to make sure I keep. Yeah. I live by what I'm saying yeah. versus, you know, just say something and do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. When 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 the the show first started, it was somebody was like, oh, you need to read traditions eleven and twelve about you know, the anonymity and stuff. And I'm like, I don't. I think you're right on with that. It's like I, I need to be hold myself accountable. Because when we first, the idea of the show, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is be a hypocrite, man. It goes back to like talking the talk. Yeah. But then again, it's like, uh, I just, you just have, we all eat individually have this feeling, but I have the feeling that if I can just talk about it, mm-hmm. put a face with it and go, me too, man. Because it, it, this, I'm not saying this at any conceited or whatever, but when people would be like, you battled with self-esteem issues, but you're on the radio? Like, that doesn't make <laughs> And man, it was true, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah. Very minimal self-esteem issues, and that's why I drank to yeah. overcompensate. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and so, and then the—that's why they call it cans of courage. Just so you know, <laughs> I found out why they call it, yeah. cans of courage. That's exactly right, man. But yeah, the, the just the transparency and honesty, and and doing it for yourself, man. I mean, um, you know, that night that I called the police on myself because I was had a plan to end my life. Oh. I I was like. Man, I don't know what's going on. I'm just not in a good place. I won't be aggressive or whatever. But, and and so somebody said, "What was it?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know, man." I looked around and saw photos of you know mm-hmm. my wife and kid. But I don't. But then it was the like, because if I don't do it for myself, if we if listen, if you're listening, <laughs> and you're you're thinking that uh, that you're going to do it for someone else or whatever, you you cannot be a productive you can't take care of that kid of yours you can't take care of that wife of yours you can't take their sick parent of yours you can't take care of anybody else in your life unless you take care of yourself and that's why they say if you're you know the analogy um if you're on an airplane they say in case of low pressure uh, pressure a cabin pressure they drop the mask down put your mask on before you put it on anybody else mm-hmm. and the lady a lady said it to me dude as tears rolled down <laughs> my face man she's like because she brought up my daughter mm. and i was like oh my god man and I had like this fear, this ridiculous fear that, and it was completely driven by by the devil and mm-hmm. controlling my thoughts. Uh, and I was leading the charge with every drink that I took, man. Mm-hmm. But but it was that for all my shortcomings, if I would never be able to figure it out, God would go, all right, I give you enough time. Now I'm going to take it out on your daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, man, that was a true fear that I would, Wow, man, it just ate me up. So yeah. she told me. You know, imagine yourself on an airplane in the cabin. The pressure goes out. They dropped a mask. You got to put it on yourself before you put it right. on her. You got to get better before you. Mm-hmm. And so don't have the mentality that you're going to do it for your parents. That's and so you're going to do it for your best friend. You're going to do it for whoever else. Do it for you and then watch what happens, right. man. Like, <laughs> like with dad. I like that. <clears throat> yeah. 
Thank you. Again, I said something the wife likes. That's I like awesome. that. <laughs> yeah, man. No. But I do want to say, like, but sometimes we've heard cases of this, like, well, I did it for so and so, and that got them in the door, and then they ended up doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So at least yeah. gets you in the door, then. Yeah, you, that's you're that's right. Yeah, I mean. Then uh, still, I mean, if you're gonna do it for somebody else, that gets you in the door, and then while you're there, do the work, and right. you yeah. end up doing it for yourself. Yeah. And I agree with what both of you guys are saying, but my take on it, for me, if I did it. For somebody, if I'm doing it for somebody and yeah. them alone, I'm earning it for them, and I get clean for them. Yeah. But the moment I get into a fight mm-hmm. or an argument, people let you especially down. Especially if it's so with it's, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I did all of this for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't accept it. I went through this rehab for you. You didn't accept it. Yeah. And it's now still what? Not good it's still not or, good enough. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go back right yeah. to where i came from yeah and that's what rob's ranch helped me with personally mm-hmm. joe you can't do this for family though you right. love them friends though you love them ministry though you want it mm-hmm. you have to do this for you yeah because you'll be let down by all the rest right yeah but if you do this for you and put you because me me being in ministry i learned to put others first so much i bet yeah 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 love them care for them pray for them help yeah. them lead them forgive them direct yeah. them walk with them marry them bury them right pray over the babies i mean all that to where i became such a doing person yeah so i learned and it was kind of, initially it was kind of hard because i'm like how do i put myself first here how do i really mm-hmm. do this was there sort of a sense of identity that was all in all that? Was there a struggle? You know oh, what I mean? Big time. Yeah, as yeah. far as like identity in them and me doing things to yeah, yeah, like to this get a piece what or does, whatever. How am yeah. I? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I kind of went through a loss of identity, to be quite frank and honest and open and truthful and yeah. just be blunt. Oh, totally. Yeah, man. yeah. I kind of laid it all out there for others and kind of lost me. That's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and I fi- you know I kind of like I kind of yeah. say it like this, in the morning in. My meditation, my prayer, my reading, my writing, I call that breathing in, breathing in for me. So that way I can breathe out to others. Mm-hmm. So if I'm breathing in physically, yeah. but not breathing out, I die. Right. If I'm breathing out, but not breathing in, I die. Mm-hmm. But spiritually, if I'm breathing in God's word, breathing in prayer, breathing in journaling, then I can give to others. Yeah, right. But mm-hmm. where I was before, I was just giving out, giving out, giving out, mm-hmm. giving out, giving yeah. out, giving out, giving out, giving out to the point I ran out. Yeah. And when I ran out, what I turned to? Exactly. The old trident. Yeah. yeah. The one that yeah. you would, yeah. Went That's back good. to alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, we got to take a break, Carrie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rise Above Radio. Dude, I love it, man. Joey Perea. We're going to talk about Broken. On the other side of the three o'clock hour, man, Tim Ryan's calling in from Illinois. So a busy cat. He's going to take the time to call in. He's got an amazing story like you do, brother. And it's, you guys are changing lives, man. All right. It's Rise Above Radio on KOKC. We're back after this. This is Rise Above Radio on KOKC. All right, welcome back to the show. Joey Perea joins us, and then again, after the top of the hour, we'll hear from Tim Ryan, which uh, Tim Ryan, From Dope to Hope, man, that's the title of his book. I know, boom. And uh, he's been on uh, Fox News here recently, and he's also been on um, uh, A&E and things, man. So uh, really excited. He's kind of like, I- I'd seen him through the world of recovery on Facebook, on social media and stuff, man, just shot him an email one day. Hey, dude, I don't know. I know you're busy. I'm not sure. And then, like, he's like, would love to. And then, so that was maybe like a couple of months ago. And then I shot him one over the weekend, finally getting back to him. I was like, how about? And he said, well, actually, um, this coming Saturday is the um, one I'll have until like 12 weeks from now or something, man. So I was like, well, I don't want to 
you'd overextend yourself, whatever. And he's like, no, let's do it. So that's but, awesome. That's man. awesome, man. Can't wait to hear His from His story is amazing. Yeah, he's got an amazing story, dude. Just like it. Um, I wanted to uh, read uh, from uh, AA.org, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Getting Well. This is today's uh, daily re- uh, reflection, and it goes right on what we were kind of talking about, man. It says, uh, very deep, sometimes quite forgotten, damaging emotional conflicts persist below the level of consciousness, right? Uh, only through positive action can I remove the remains of guilt and shame brought on by alcohol. Throughout my misadventures, when I drank, my friends would say, why are you doing this? You're only hurting yourself. Little did I know how true those words were. Although I harmed others, some of my behavior caused grave wounds to my soul. Those wounds as grave wounds to my soul. Somebody said to me one time that addiction is a sign of spiritual bankruptcy. Wow. You know, it's one of those counselors that we go see and she stares at me and she's like, why are you playing with it? Why are you? She verbalized it as opposed to probably doing what she really wanted to do was punch me in the throat. <laughs> because I just, uh, you know, oh, it ain't a big deal. It's yeah. like, you know, well, this, okay, well, why do you think all this happens, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the addiction part of it, it, it. For me, it just emptied me of me. It emptied me of hope, passion, desire, mm-hmm. dreams. Even though I was like living out the motions, yeah. going to work, trying and helping people, yeah. I was doing it empty. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my! There's nothing. There's there's nothing in my opinion more sad than to try and help people out empty yeah. and hopeless. Right.